0: Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast, Episode 72. Hey, it's Kaylin Amadio, the Boomer Gal, and you are listening to the Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast. And I want to reintroduce you to a guest that I had on the show. I think it was in 2015, maybe a, a year ago. Mark, please meet again. Mark Miller, his career journey included 22 years at IBM, several thriving tech startups, a stint as a high school math teacher, a gig raising funds for the Jewish Community Center, and a near-fatal bicycle accident that changed his perspective. It's kind of early in the morning for big words, for SAT (laughs) words. Perspective forever. Mark has made six career pivots himself and found himself counseling friends and associates on their career journeys, and he finally realized he'd found his vocation. He now uses his extensive training and experience to help others, especially we baby boomers, find careers that they could grow into for the decades that lie ahead. He is the founder of Career Pivot, which helps baby boomers design careers that they can grow into For those next 30 years, because believe me, you do all have another 30 years, if not more left. And he's also the author of Repurpose Your Career, A Practical Guide for Baby Boomers. So Mark, welcome back to Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast.
1: It's always great to be on this podcast.
0: Well, I thank you very much for your time. And um, although I gave people a pretty good overview, but I always like to hear uh, from my guest directly, a little bit more about how you know how you came to be doing what you're doing, your little story in a nutshell.
1: Well, when I graduated from uh, Northwestern with my engineering degree in the late 1970s, I went to work for the Borg. I mean IBM. Um, I was assimilated. Resistance was futile. And then I wandered around for about 22 years. Um, IBM used to joke. I, I've been moved. I never once moved with them. Uh, <clears throat> then '99, they screwed me on my pension, mm. and I went bye and went to work for a successful tech startup, Agira, which we were then acquired by Lucent, the sister of the Borg. Um, they were even more screwed up than IBM was. Wow. Um, then I had my bicycle accident. I hit a car head-on at 50 miles an hour. I told a '96 Toyota Corolla with my body and my oh bicycle. Gosh. Um, I lived. Um, actually I wasn't badly hurt. I spent five days at the trauma center. That's I broke a, miracle. a bunch, I broke a bunch of ribs. I broke a torpid knee. I broke a hip. Uh, they had me walking on crutches in three days. So I was back on a bike in 10 weeks and flying back to China in four months, right smack into the SARS epidemic. Um, yeah, it, and, and, and I, I commonly joke, I had no internal injuries and had no brain injuries I'm willing to admit to. And, uh, so the following year I laid myself off. Um, went to teach high school math. Um, my first startup didn't leave us debt, did, didn't leave us rich, but left us debt free. Uh, so I did that for two years. Couldn't do that and stay healthy. Then did a gig, one year gig doing, uh, building a corporate development plan, uh, for the local JCC being a non Jew, being the face of a Jewish organization is interesting. I grew up in New Jersey an entirely Jewish community. So it was kind of like going home. I got sucked up into another startup and I started career pivot in 2000. Well, the brain was launched in 2012 as I was seeing most of my friends, um, being basically cleaned out in the last two recessions. Um, and I said, I, I, I have, (laughs) I've successfully transitioned career so many times. Some people say I can't hold a job. Um, but it's, uh, it's been an interesting ride the last three or four years, and what I have learned um, about the plight of boomers has been pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, I- I'm sure, uh, as have I, interviewing all kinds of people, and my yep. first podcast being strictly about business and small business and um, you know the things that have happened since late 2007, 2008, and how many boomers found themselves retired involuntarily. Yes. Uh, or voluntarily. But, y- you know, you still have years and years and years to fill, you know, yes. and we like working. We're a generation who, who enjoys having something to do. It's very hard to sit around doing nothing. I can't play golf every day. I just can't <laughs> do it. Right. My parents love it. I can't do that. So, um, you know, we're a different generation. And I know our topic today, we, we've we talked about um, you ha- how you can help boomers Do their career pivot, which is the name of your firm, you know, career pivot. But today we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, if you are at one of those dreaded huge firms like an IBM and the opportunity comes around for them to offer you retirement, some sort of package, some sort of buyout, should you be taking it, right? And that's got to be a very difficult decision for people. Um, So that's sort of the topic around career that we want to talk about today. Do you find, uh, and I have the same questions that I, that I asked you last time. It's just that our, you know, our focus is going to be a little bit different. So I'm assuming working that this is something that basically happens to boomers. It doesn't happen to people in other generations. It tends to happen to, you know, a person of a certain age or no.
1: Well, it can happen to anyone. Mm -hmm. The, what happens is the consequences are much more substantial And the amount amount of money is far more substantial with boomers because you're further in your career. um, So so so
0: you're saying what they're offering you is a greater package than they're offering a younger person or because you might not have been ready to stop working and weren't financially sort of
1: set? Like I'll use the example, um, I worked with a woman last year who was offered a twice offered a, pack, a pension buyout package from a major U.S. company. And the amount of money we're talking was three quarters of a million dollars. Okay. Right? It's
0: a lot of money.
1: Uh, a lot of money. A lot
0: of money to quit your job.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, and if you have been, let's say, for example, with a company for 30 years and they're going to give you severance, it might be a year severance versus two months. Right. So. The the volume of money, but then the the other pieces is the, the, the older we get, the more obligations we have, the the, the less risk averse we are. The earlier in your career, you can say, hey, let's just, yeah, I'm going to take this, go do something else. Right. Versus, uh, I've run into any number of clients who have been what I refer to as institutionalized. If you remember Shawshank Redemption, with Brooks coming out. And he couldn't handle it on the outside. Right. That's all he, for 40 years, that's all he'd known was prison life. When you are coming out of some of these large companies, um, that's all you know. Sure. It is scary. Sure,
0: to learn a different way of, um, I mean, you you could be offered the exact same job on paper somewhere else. But it's a different corporate environment they have different ways of doing things you still are learning a new job and after 30 or 40 years that's an uncomfortable feeling
1: yeah well it's it's where you, <laughs> I joke when I left IBM um, it was very comfortable because my startup was two blocks behind IBM <laughs> so I didn't have to retrain my car <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and, you can and still
0: drive on autopilot and get to the yes. get to work.
1: Yeah. Well, it's 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 funny. My dad was an economist, at New York Stock Exchange, and one of the things he talked about after he retired, and he was forced into retirement in his late fifties, um, was his commute pattern was comfortable. Right. Yeah. And after you've been doing that for so long, and suddenly, oh, we're going to change that. Do I sure. really want to do that? And, yeah. and it's, it's surprising those types of things are, are actually more important than you think they are.
0: Sure. Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of comfort, you know, to our patterns, whether they're good patterns or bad patterns. I mean, we take comfort in our bad habits as we do in our good habits. But I guess we should really, you got to, uh, you know, change your filter. Right. Put on a different filter and say, this is an opportunity, not something, you know, I'm not losing something. I now have an opportunity to maybe change the things that I should have changed or always thought maybe I wanted to change or, you know, any number of reasons we should, I like to look on the bright side. I'm one of those, you know, they talk about glass half full, glass half empty. Uh, For me, the glass is always full. It's got a certain amount of water and a certain amount of air. It's constantly full. Right. So what am I going to do next? And that's you have to be careful. I like to look at it.
1: You use the S word should there should be peace on earth and goodwill towards men, Right. right? Yeah. The Arabs and Israelis shouldn't fight. But.
0: (laughs) Yes, that's not the reality. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So for boomers finding themselves maybe in this um, great position, some of them might think it's a horrible position to be in what are your top three tips that you would give them if if they find themselves suddenly sitting in their superior's office saying we would like to offer you a a buyout to leave us a little early
1: yeah the first thing is to start measuring out your your short-term financial needs and the tax implications um so for example are they going to pay you out your uh, a severance in salary in Monthly installments, or is it a lump sum? right? Uh, that has huge implications on your taxes, uh, particularly okay. if you can line up uh, so for example, I had a gentleman who was laid off from IBM um, in October, was given a one-year severance uh, lump sum. Um, and so he had this huge tax bubble. We lined up contract work almost immediately. And the first thing I told him was, go talk to the contractor and say, don't pay me this year. Pay me in the first quarter next year. Right. Right? And it did two things for him. Number one, it didn't even further as exacerbate his tax problem. But the next year, he had when even when his contract came to an end six months later, he had a nice lump of s- sum of cash coming. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, um, you, you really need to, and then start looking, okay, am I going to take unemployment insurance? Am I eligible for unemployment insurance? How much is that, right? And start, and go talk to your financial advisor. How are you going to handle the 401k rollovers? And yes, you want to roll the 401k. You want right. to get it out of there. Right, right. Right? Um, and, and then the other one that most people don't think about Is did you sign a non-compete clause and are they going to hold you to it Um, and you have to understand with non-compete clause I live in Texas Uh, Texas is a right to work state non-compete clauses are largely unenforceable here okay Um, if you work in a a unionized state like you do in in New York uh, they probably are but what happens if the headquarters is in California which is heavily unionized, state, and but you're working in Texas. Mm-hmm. That's when you got to go talk to an unemployment lawyer, right? Right. I recently had a client who had a very, very narrow skill niche, um, a very specific little sliver in the organic food world, and um, they held her to a non-compete clause. Hmm. Um. And. I told her go talk to an employment, go to an employment lawyer, and they basically said, "You just need to get your next employer to promise to um, uh, to pay the legal fees because they can't enforce it." But the legal fees can be significant. Sure. Right. So you have yeah. to get your and, and 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 again, hers was a very narrow niche. She had sure. a very narrow specialty. Um, and the last one is start looking at the. Um, at the medical benefits that they're going to offer you, and does it make sense to stay on Cobra?
0: Right. Okay. Right.
1: Uh, this is and particular- so much has
0: changed changed with Obamacare, I would imagine, right?
1: Well, even like myself, one of the things that I did, I, I made when I went off to teach high school math, I assumed I was going to go take the school uh, school district health insurance. So when I finally got hired, I go signed the paperwork, and I suddenly went my out of pocket expense was double my COBRA payment. Oh, wow. School, schools have, well, school districts, who do they hire? Largely women of childbearing ages. Typically the most expensive people to right, insure. Right, right. So um, what, I, what I finally, when I asked around, well, nobody insured their kids uh, on the school district health uh, health plans. They either did it on their spouse or what I did was I had an 18-year-old kid. I just went out and bought a, an inexpensive, high-deductible plan. Right. 40 bucks a month uh today it'd probably be 150 200 yeah a month, exactly but, i was gonna say but, where
0: where are those 40 buck a month plans now
1: um but for the young it's very different um and it's relatively cheap to insure them and so actually go out and ask all the because a lot of people say "Oh, i'm just gonna take cobra well unfortunately group health plans are the most expensive kind of plans you can buy from okay Right. It, and and so the idea is start laying all that stuff out and in in get outside opinions so you get away from it. Right. I said I, I had a client last year again, major, major, major company um, was offered a buyout pension buyout. She was in her mid 50s, had been there 32 33 years, institutionalized. And they offered her a pension buyout plan, and in 2014, and she didn't take it. She worked on a team of four. Um, her three comrades took it, her boss took it, and her boss's boss took it. Yeah, and she didn't. And they didn't backfill anyone. And then nine months later, they offered it again. I said, "You better take it this time, because yeah. it won't it won't come again." Right. And I said her pension buyout was, I don't know, three quarters a million, eight hundred thousand. I mean, it was a, it was a sweet deal, and it wasn't until I got her to go talk to her financial advisor who just went, "Wow, you'd be stupid not to take this." Yeah, you know, it's and, and getting that, that that third party who's saying who who is not emotionally invested. right. Sure.
0: Yeah, they're looking at you know ink on paper and saying, okay. Yes. It doesn't really matter that it's you or what emotions are attached to it. It's just facts and yep. figures. Yeah.
1: Yep. And, and, you know, I told her, I said, yo, when you take this, you're going to take six months off. And she's going, what? I said, sure. When else are you going to have an opportunity to simply take six months off? Her kid was heading off to college. Lots of changes were occurring. Just take six months off. Yeah. And she, she was highly employable as a project manager. Um, you know, it's, but she didn't know it was that evil world out there outside of well like like you said she was institutionalized
0: right after all those years now i'm assuming that that even with each of these tips the thing that kept coming to my mind is these things have to be negotiable i would think i mean i I guess a company could could draw a hard line but with your first tip about you know are they going to give you a lump sum or payouts and if they want to give you a lump sum and say goodbye why can't you negotiate you know will you give me payouts over five years my i've talked to my accountant and this is you're making life even more difficult for me as you let me go so can we work something out here i would think that they'd be willing to work with you in order to get what they want
1: um it depends on your level and the size of the company okay um if you are talking about
0: it's worth asking
1: yes oh um well i'm i'm going to do another a webinar for, a, I, I, I do webinars for flex jobs. And one of the things I'm going to be doing on is, is negotiation. Right. And negotiation starts when you first meet somebody. Um, so, and, and everything's negotiable. Sure. And so, yes, it's start trying to figure out um, what, it's first, what do you need? And what is your unique situation? Mm-hmm. And then start walking in saying, okay, what can you do for me? Um, now, if you're a $50,000-a-year employee versus a quarter-million-dollar-a-year employee, um, the likelihood, the second one's going to have a higher negotiation. Yeah,
0: your lov- your leverage is different, sure. Different,
1: right? Yeah. So, but nonetheless, yeah, it's it's walking. But first thing is, what do you want? What's important to you in your situation? It's different than getting it in January than it is in December. From a tax, okay, perspective.
0: Okay. Well, right? You have to talk to your accountant. So yes. So, even though you know, I see I see these three tips, but I also see the challenges within them. What do you think is the biggest challenge that we have to be aware of if we find ourselves in this situation? What's that? What's the biggest obstacle?
1: Uh, the biggest obstacle is you in your yeah. emotions. Okay. Uh, right? Um, you are if if your you
0: attachment have... to the whole thing.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I joke uh, when I went to work for IBM, I went I went to work for the Borg. I was assimilated. Resistance was futile. Yeah. Um, I've seen this with uh, senior military. Sure. Uh, colonels, colonels, and generals. Yeah. Um, I've seen this with with senior executives who've been with companies or um, for 25, 30 years, and they very often um, I. The two I have here locally, Dell and IBM. Um, many of them come out with everybody they know works for Dell and IBM, and two, they all the the their vocabulary is very corporate. Right. And so it's learning the fact that yeah, you need to start. you, you may have to start redefining the words you use. Um, this is particularly. I, I've worked with a couple of senior military, and this is really hard.
0: I'm, sh- I'm <laughs> sure it is. You know, because everyone that they're with understands them because they're all speaking the yep. same language. But when you leave that environment and speak your jargon to other people,
1: yeah, it doesn't yeah well, make a
0: lot of <laughs> it doesn't make yeah, a lot our, of sense.
1: Our SOP at at uh, at uh, 1,400 hours.
0: Right? you know standard operating every procedure. time somebody speak does the, that military time thing I I'm, I'm you know I'm envisioning the clock in my head and I can do my you know by six one six 12, 18 you know and then I'm I'm subtracting and I'm adding just so I can find out what time they're talking about
1: well it's funny when I I, I worked at IBM in a briefing center for about eight years and the folks who used the worst case of acronyms was when we'd have senior military come in. And, and, and then they would, we'd have them get up first thing in the morning and talk about what they were doing. And, and so the speakers could uh, adapt things to them and they would just throw out acronyms one after another, after another, they were worse than the technology business. And, and again, they have a vocabulary that everybody outside the military that no one understands.
0: Right. Right. I mean, I understand why they have that vocabulary and why they have the acronyms. So they can get through information quickly. They can make decisions. they sometimes they find themselves in situations in where, you know, the speed matters. So that has happened culturally, but you're right. You know, you can't,
1: it, it it becomes you can't have ingrained. a conversation. Well, this is very similar. I've taught in forty different countries, and one of the things when you go teach English in China is you have to lim- el- eliminate slangs and uh eliminate slangs and right, mannerisms cause, yeah because it doesn't and,
0: make sense they're thinking literally and
1: yeah and 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 very often a lot of the slang and youthisms that we use we don't even know we use them
0: right that's I'm so, sure that's true i'm going to think about that today i'm okay i'm making myself a promise today as as i speak i'm going to try and identify oh there was there was one of those little things that uh only my my peers and I right now understand
1: well I used to have people watch this is you know 1990s early 2000s uh, sit and watch friends on tv and just watch for what's slang yeah and you suddenly when you start paying attention you go oh oh right. oh
0: oh you know another good tv show to do that with would be Seinfeld Yes. Right. To sit and watch Seinfeld and realize all the slang, especially, you know, as I sit and live in New York. Right. All the all the things that come up that I'm I'm sure other people just don't get. That's funny. So for the people listening or watching us right now, Mark, what would you have them do first? What would you tell them to do right now?
1: If they're offered a package, the first thing is sit down and don't sit down and talk to your spouse and find some people that you can just sit down and talk to cuz what most of them will tell you is why are you one why are you questioning taking it and that's that's a valuable conversation and the sure. second one is go and talk, talk to your financial advisor sure so is,
0: so let me ask you a follow-up question of that sometimes when we sit down and and talk to people and and maybe this is a male versus female thing women talk just because they want to get things out, not necessarily because they want to be told what to do or they want somebody right. to fix it, right? So when you go <laughs> talk to people, right? When, you talk I, to, when I talk story. to a man, right, sometimes he thinks I'm telling him because I want him to fix it. And it's not, I don't want him to fix it. I just want to be listened to, right? Yes. So when you go talk to some people, maybe or maybe not, you're asking them to tell you what to do. I, I don't know. I, I, maybe that's a personality trait.
1: Well, it's it's going out and saying, okay, here's what I've been given. What do you think? It's interesting. Years ago at my first start tech startup, I had a young man in his late 20s, and he was telling me, had yeah, he was getting serious with his girlfriend, and I was mentoring him, and he says, yeah, every time I talk to my girlfriend, she tells me her problems, and then I try and tell her how to fix them, and she gets mad at me. I said, yeah. Sh-. I said, that. Brent, shut up.
0: She just I, wants you to listen.
1: Listen. She, she needs says, to talk well,
0: it out loud. And it's nice to have somebody to listen. And then she'll figure it out.
1: Well, he, he's going, but I'm an engineer. I fix problems.
0: <laughs> but I'm an engineer, too. And I fix problems, but I'm a girl. I like, you know, I talk out loud and then I figure it out. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. My, believe me. I understand that. I've been it's... married to my wife for 35 years.
0: <laughs> oh, that is so funny. OK, so the, the first thing you're going to do if you find yourself in this situation is you're going to take a deep breath. Right, You're going to go to those people that you trust, whose opinions matter most to you, and you're going to talk it out a little bit and uh, and get some feedback. But then also speak to those important um, professional advisors you have, your accountant, your financial advisor, your attorney if you have one. Talk to those people as well so that you start to get a fully formed picture of what's been placed in front of you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll use the example. When I left, I left my my second startup. We had been bought out and it had gotten really ugly. And I had already had the works for Career Pivot in, in place. So the first thing, one of the things I did, I went to my financial advisor and I said, can I retire? <laughs> Do I have enough money? And when he said yes, it's like, okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, big burden, right? It's like, big, oof, big get big that burden. off my shoulders. Yeah. Whoa.
1: You know, and it, it's, I still, it, I, I joke, it still took me 18 months, uh, for me to stop waking up at three in the morning going, I don't have a paycheck. Yes, <laughs> right, right, right. The, the emotional piece, but it's still, it is, is having that person who I trust who can say, yeah, this is a good thing. Mm, it, it may not be a good thing and here's why and here are the things you need to think about, um and it's it's just it's it's getting it's i call it it's it's getting out of your head yeah. I, i've I've created something called um MSU syndrome make stuff up <laughs> you could take stuff and replace it with something but um and we do a lot of that, you know particularly when we we go in well uh, if they they're offering me a lump sum if i if I asked to be done in payments, they might rescind it. How do you know that?
0: Right. <laughs> it's, you don't. It's funny you should say that because I'm <laughs> I have a very low tolerance for that with people when I have conversations with people and I don't do, I don't make stuff up. I try and just that's yeah. the engineer in me, right? I just hey. look look at what's in front of me, but I don't make stuff up. But um my my children do that all the time. All the hypotheticals. Well, what if this happens and I, I have about this much tolerance for those kinds of yeah. conversations. And I'm like, I do not my life is short. Please do not ask me to spend brain power <laughs> solving problems that don't exist. Could we please just, you know, deal with reality here for a moment?
1: Well, rather interesting. That's the next preview chapter of my, my second edition of Repurpose Your Career. It should be out in a couple of weeks. Um, is is on MSU syndrome.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and and people do it all the time and then talk themselves into thinking it's real
1: <laughs> well it usually comes in under stress
0: yeah and yeah. and this and
1: this is the kind of stuff the buyout stuff is when you know this is this is very stressful emotional and it's real easy just to make stuff up
0: yeah yeah um
1: yeah, you know cause you're, you're it,
0: trying to that's how our brain makes sense of things you know that's where stories come from that's where myths you know come from is that we're trying to. Find a way to make sense of something we don't understand, so we make stuff up, yep, and then tell ourselves it's true. And then if other people believe it too, then it's real, yeah, right. And there's a lot of things in life that are that way.
1: Well, it's it's a it's your perception is your reality, yeah, yeah, right, absolutely. The good the the good the nice thing is you can change the perception.
0: Absolutely, one one of my favorite things, and it freaks people out, is I like to say the future is empty and meaningless. You know, and and people get very upset by that at first. But what I mean is you fill it up with whatever you choose to fill it up with and you apply whatever meaning you want to apply to those yep. things. It's entirely up to you, you know, but as as long as you're aware of that, you can make those changes in your life. Where can people find you? Look,
1: well, the easiest, way, e- the easiest way is that uh, just go to my website at careerpivot.com. Hit the contact me button at the top, um, or you can always email. You you can find me on Twitter as at, under Career Pivot. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Mr. Miller, M.R. Miller. My mama gave me those initials, so I got some respect. <laughs> didn't work. Uh, and uh, and and again, you can always email it me at Mark, M-A-R-C, my mama knew how to spell, right. uh, at careerpivot.com.
0: And I, I remind you, listeners, um, Mark has been on the podcast before, but even on this particular episode, we will include links to careerpivot.com and how to get in touch with them so that you don't have to worry about jotting it down now if you weren't able to. So it's been a pleasure speaking with you again. Before well, I let you go, yep. do you have a, uh, a an inspirational story or a quote or something you'd like to leave us with?
1: Well, I, I always the – the most inspirational thing I have is my own bike accident mm. uh, where I came down a hill at about 25 miles an hour going into a blind turn, and the road was cambered the wrong way, so there was no way I was going to hold the turn. Right. And um, I hit a Toyota Corolla head-on. <laughs> um, my buddy who was in front of me thought a gun had gone off. Yeah. Um, they took me to the trauma center. I spent five days there. Um, but they I said they had me walking on crutches in three days. I was back in a bike in 10 weeks and I was flying back China in four months. I had no business living. I, at those speeds, you have about a 10% survival rate.
0: That's incredible. Really?
1: Um, I had, I had imprints to the pads of the helmet in my head and I actually look at that as a good thing because it changed my perspective. Sure. Um, I would not be doing what I'm doing today if that had not happened. And so um, I've always claimed in my six career changes, uh, I've, I've only been laid off once, and that was by choice. I've controlled, I've always stayed ahead of where things um, are supposed to, where I, 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 make, I move on my terms. Right. I've always done that. Right. And and rather than waiting for someone, oh, then wait for a buyout package. Yeah. Um, so, um, and let me offer you this: um, if for those, if you will go to careerpivot.com/boomer, in honor of your podcast, thank you. Uh, there will be, uh, as I said, I, I have a bunch of free um, preview chapters of the second edition of Repurpose Your Career, which will be out early next year, and one of the one of them uh, that. I actually got written up in Forbes, was on weak ties, which is a very powerful concept. And the other one that's right now coming out this next couple of weeks is on MSU syndrome.
0: Okay. All right. <laughs> very good. They sound like great reads. And I remind you, if you go to Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast, you will be able to look up this episode. We will have links to Mark Miller's website, Career Pivot. And he's just told us at careerpivot.com forward slash Boomer. Boomer? No Boomer. S, right? Boomer. Boomer. Um, there are some freebies there for you for you uh, about his book, Repurpose Your Career, a Practical Guide for Baby Boomers, which the rep- the second printing, second edition is coming out soon. Yes. So that's uh, terrific.
1: We're, the plan is first quarter, and, 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 I, and I will be having my own podcast on Repurpose Your Career starting uh, hopefully on October 31st.
0: Oh, very nice. Very nice. Well, um, give me a call. I'll come on and tell you how I've repurposed my career a few times. Okay. All right. I would be happy to return the favor. I thank you for your time very much. And I would be happy to to go on and share with your audience. And for those of you listening and watching, this is the Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast, where every week we bring you great guests like Mark Miller, who uh, is a baby boomer himself, as am I. And together as a community, you know, we're a big, strong community. And we all have so many life experiences. It's unfathomable sometimes all the knowledge that we have. And if we share it with one another, we can build thriving businesses and vibrant lives. And that's why I do this podcast. So thank you for your time, Mark. Audience, thank you for your time. I hope you enjoyed it. And until we meet again, I would very much like you to take care. Boom, baby, that's it for now. See you next time on Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast.